0: Starting December 9th, Walk with the King podcast is taking a short break from First Peter to celebrate Christmas with Cook, a 12-day podcast series leading up to December 25th, featuring hand-picked broadcasts with Advent topics and themes to welcome the season. We hope you'll join us for Christmas with Cook. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. All right, thank you very much. And hello again, my dear radio friend. How in the world are you? You Doing all right? Oh, I'm fine. Praise the Lord. I haven't any complaints today. So glad to be alive and able to serve God and privileged, oh, how privileged I am, to open the Word of God and share it with you. It's the nicest thing God has ever done for me, is to give me the privilege of looking into and sharing his inerrant, infallible, eternal word, the Bible. And I'm thankful. I'm glad you're there. Thanks for being there. If you weren't there, wouldn't be anybody there, would there? Well, we're in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. The last time we got together, we were talking about the phrase dead to sins. And I reminded you that we need to realize that it is a fact when you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, committed yourself to him as your Lord, and he became then your Savior by faith, you identified yourself with the death of Christ on the cross. It is as though he were nailed to one side of the cross and on the other side you were hanging there as well. So that Paul says in Romans 6, how how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? It's a fact. Paul goes on to say you better make up your mind about it then. Reckon ye yourselves also to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 6.11, I think, is the passage. You have to count on it. Just as a person who learns that he's a diabetic counts on the fact that he has to stick to his diet. He may trade off some things and have a piece of bread instead instead of a potato or however that works. But he has to stick to his diet if he wants to live very long. He reckons on it. Okay, you and I, the same way. That is how it is, what the personnel manager calls the law of the situation, the way it really is. Reckon, count on it, that when you made your decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, you were crucified with him, you died to sin. Then the third thing is work at it. And that's a passage from Galatians, they that are Christs have crucified the flesh with its desires, its affections and its desires. You work at it. Now there are two areas in which we work on this matter of being dead to sin. One is in the area of what we feel, our affections, our emotions. People are emotionally driven Most decisions are made not on the basis of calm, rational cogitation, but uh, a mix of some thinking and a whole lot of feeling. I was interested to uh, read in the paper just the other day that the presiding judge that's presiding over the case of some young men who attacked uh, other young men, there was this one young man who had pulled the uh, allegedly, I should say, uh, alleged to have pulled the trigger uh, that sent a bullet crashing into the body of a young man and killing him. Uh, he was now being arraigned, and his defense lawyer asked that bail be set for him and that he be out on on bail, uh, just like uh, the rest of those who were accused with him. But I was, uh, I was a little surprised, and yet not surprised, I guess, to read that the presiding judge says, uh, I have read the facts in this case. I think it's a very strong case uh, against the young man, and I I have a gut feeling that we better keep him in jail. (laughs) The radio or the TV commentator who was talking about this afterwards said, so the uh, judge followed his gut feeling. Well, see, what I have to, uh, to remind us all is that Most of our decisions in life are a mix. You may do a little cool thinking, but more often you're driven by the way you feel about things. Now, what do you do about that? You and I know that our feelings have often gotten us into trouble. What do you do about it? You turn it over to the Lord Jesus Christ at the moment when the pressure begins to build. The pressure of... of, uh, of a feeling of frustration a feeling of anger a feeling of who knows what you know you turn that over to the lord jesus christ by faith right then don't wait until afterwards till the the top has blown off of the container of your life no no just then you look heavenward you ask the lord jesus christ to take charge call unto me and i will answer thee the bible says and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's the basis on which I remind people so often, to pray their way through the day. Pray when you wake up, before you greet the family with a loving snarl. Pray before you answer the phone. You don't know who's there. Be ready. Just a whispered prayer before you pick up the receiver. Pray before you open a letter. You don't know if it's a check or a bill or a threat or a compliment. You'll be ready if you pray before you open it. Pray before you enter upon even a casual conversation. Pray before you make a business decision, before you hire or fire or transfer or sign a contract. God has already read the fine print. Pray before, I tell the young people, pray before you go on a date. You'll have less praying to do during and after the date. Pray before... You make the great decisions of life. Where shall I live? What kind of job shall I take? Uh, Whom shall I marry? So on and so on. Pray your way through the day. This is what's being called, on the obverse side of it, being dead to sin. No, you're not sinlessly perfect, but you have a sinless, perfect Savior who by His indwelling Holy Spirit lives within you. And as by faith you turn things over to him, he works his perfect work in you. It is God, says Paul in Philippians 2.13. It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, your affections, your feelings. And the other is your desires, things I want. Now you have built-in desires, the desire for security, the desire for food and, and sleep, and the desire for love and to be loved, the desire for importance, a lot of different desires that uh, you have that are built into human nature. You turn them over to the Lord Jesus by faith. And then, of course, there's a vast array of desires that show up every day. I want this, or I want that. And before you grab for something, pray and say, Lord Jesus, guide my desires. You'd be surprised how many unpleasant situations God will enable you to avoid if you just pray about things you want. Things and things and relationships and experiences and possessions that you want. Desires. See, the Bible says lusts. That's our word, desires. Good and bad and indifferent. Desires are not bad in themselves, but they can lead you astray if God isn't controlling them. You know that. See, so this whole matter of committing yourself to the Lord and of of working, working at what is already an accomplished fact by faith is to submit by faith these key areas of life. Well, that's all review, but... It's so important that I thought we'd just go over it for a moment again. Now he says that she should, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. Live unto righteousness. What does that mean? Well, it means that the outgrowth, the outgrowth of the dynamic of your life is going to lead to the result of righteousness. That's the first meaning. Unto means resulting in, uh, in the direction of a, and resulting in. And so I'm turning to Romans 6. Know ye not, as ye have yielded the members of your body servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto, see there's your same word, iniquity. In other words, the 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 present course of the unsaved life is sin and more sin, and that leads to still more sin. That's the way it is, isn't it? Alright, now you get saved. What happens? Even so now, this is Romans 6.19, even so now, yield the members of your body, servants, to righteousness, and the result will be holiness. See? Okay, live unto righteousness in the direction of and resulting in. When, by faith, you commit a specific situation to God, what happens as a result is God righteously living through you. It's not going to be something concerning which you can square your shoulders and hold your head high and say, see what I did. Oh, no, you'll be humbly bowed in thankful prayer and say, thank God for what you did, dear Lord. Live unto righteousness means you're going to live by faith. Colossians 2, 6, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. The word walk means live every day. As you received him by faith, so live every day in him by faith. That's what that verse means. And so as you, as you follow that procedure committing your feelings and committing your desires to the Lord Jesus Christ. He works in you to work through you the righteousness of God. Live unto righteousness. Now, the word unto is also used uh, in a different sense. That he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who loved them and died for them. You remember that passage? Now, that what, what does that mean? For the sake of and for the glory of and following the will of. All of that wrapped up in the little word unto. That they which live should not henceforth live for themselves, but for him. That's how we would put it today. That live unto righteousness means that you live for the sake of and by the standards of God's righteousness. You've got a new standard of excellence. You've got a new reason for motivation. You've got a new source of personal power and dynamic. Righteousness is now the atmosphere of your life. That ye being, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now how is it all possible? He says, by whose stripes ye were healed. Again a reference to Isaiah chapter 53. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, but God hath laid upon him the iniquity of us all. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's Isaiah's rendition of it. And Peter, centuries later, is quoting from the same scripture, by whose stripes ye were healed. For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Live unto righteousness. How do you do it? Number one, commit yourself to the Lord Jesus. Number two, surrender consciously to Him in specific situations. Number three, obey what the Holy Spirit of God says to you in that situation, and you will find that the Spirit of God is manifesting the righteousness of Christ through you. Hallelujah for that. Holy Father, today, work in us your perfect righteousness Jesus our Lord amen till I meet you once again by wave radio walk with the king today and be a blessing